Hello and welcome to the Pivot Podcast. The Pivot Podcast. Where we go episode by episode and talk all about the show Friends, the 90s, and everything in between. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tiana. Now let's pivot. Here we are, everybody. Welcome back to the Pivot Podcast. We are season one, episode 10, the one with the monkey. This is a good one. Yeah, I was excited to watch this one. I like this one a lot. We see a lot of new friends coming onto the scene. Um, We actually have some fun things to go through, though, before we get into our recap. We have some emails. I'm so excited. Thank you, listeners. We love hearing from you. Granted, there are two people that are very close to us, so... We know them well. But you know who loves you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Tiana, who is our first email? Um, his name's Graham Gilliland. We could, know him. Could be my husband, but, you know. Possibly. He wants to stay married, so he listens to our podcast. <laughs> Good work, Graham. We're yeah. so proud of you. So, he was emailing about episode seven, which is the one with the blackout. And Graham's question was basically, was there a massive blackout in New York the year they decided to do the episode in 1994 I did some googling and found a very snoozy article about a brief history of blackouts in New York but in essentially long story short the answer is no the closest one I found was 1977 snoozy article it's a snoozy article sorry whoever wrote this and then uh the next blackout was 2003 interesting yeah so maybe just like a reference to their I guess susceptible to blackouts but there wasn't actually anything that just a good story yep sorry graham nothing exciting there yeah thank you for emailing yes okay you want to read the other one yes so our other listener is miss sarah travis she is my work wife what up girl the one without a plan the one yes the work wife without a plus uh and her email reads, longtime listener, first-time emailer. But now that Pandora's box is open, yes, welcome. Email us all the time, Sarah. I feel like the biggest continuity error in the whole show is Rachel's sex life. In the beginning, they make her seem naive, only had sex in bed, and insinuate she's only been with Barry. But later, they make her out to be adventurous in high school. Hello, Chip. And <laughs> after. It's like they forgot how they started developing her character, and they wanted to redirect Flip side is maybe they're trying to insinuate just that she was more promiscuous than Monica in high school. It's just weird. Also, Ross is always my friend of me. Always. He's the worst every time. With a picture that says, change my mind. <laughs> Challenge accepted, Sarah. I agree. and But this is something you and I had kind of chatted about is it's not necessarily that she was promiscuous and that maybe she was just more like flirtatious and kind of appeared to be more Mm -hmm. promiscuous and was kind of trying to be that girl, but wasn't always like, she wasn't always the girl like Mm -hmm. on the, in the back of the car. I think with, with Rachel and I know a lot of people love to hate Rachel. She's honestly one of my favorite characters, the whole series and her, her character arc. She really goes through what I think is the biggest change personally. Right. I I agree. So they start her out with, as the Jewish long Island princess Mm -hmm. that pretty, that disappears pretty quickly. Yeah. But they kind of are figuring out how they're wanting to get her to grow. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, I I can see where Sarah's coming from. It's, it's like, they're not quite sure what they're, where they're going. And so you're like, wait a second. I don't, I don't quite get this. So she's kind of, she, she, 
is like the bitchy girl in high school that seems like she sleeps around, but I actually don't think that she does. And I think to Sarah's point, like I, I do think they're just playing into more the fact of her reputation rather than the fact that she actually was Yes, because she is truly a sweetheart. She goes through such a big personal development, getting a job and we'll find out later in the series really growing into a career woman. She has a child. Like I, I love her character arc and I love her as a character. Yes. Just wait till you meet her sisters. ladies. Oh and God, they're so fun. <laughs> now I will take that challenge on Ross is always your friend of me, Sarah, because don't you worry. I got some ammo. It's going <laughs> to come down the pipe. Otherwise, thank you guys. Keep, keep emailing us. We love to hear from you guys and you may get your email written or written. <laughs> Red on air. Yeah. But wait, thoughts on Ross is always the friend of me. No, absolutely not. Okay. No. There, I disagree. There's a lot. Okay. Ross is annoying. And, and yeah, he's kind of whiny in this first season a little bit, but there is so much to love about Ross. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of him that I truly, truly enjoy, especially like later on in the series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't don't you worry. We're going to go deep into it. When Ross, we get there. Ross is probably one of the funniest characters. Like he could be the heroes at some points of the show. Yeah. Underrated fun too yeah because you think Chandler when you think the funny guy mm-hmm. but I think that Ross is the underrated funny guy all I have to say is leather pants oh that's exactly what I was thinking we'll get there we'll get there I don't want to get too ahead but okay the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the episode are the Golden Globes okay yeah and what? don't don't turn off your podcast people I'm, I'll keep it quick <laughs> I didn't watch the Golden Globes I accidentally watched the Glo- Golden Globes okay Air quotes accidentally. No, no, no. Okay. So I was just on the couch wasting time. I don't know what my plan was last night. And I'm I'm going through Hulu and I see, oh, fashions of Golden Globes. I was like, oh, what the hell? I'll spend 10 minutes looking at some pretty dresses. Like, love it. Ooh, okay. I love where this is going. Yeah. And they kept me hooked and all of these interesting people. And, and I'm seeing lots of diversity, you know, something that the Golden Globes are not known for. And then all of a sudden the cast ends and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just go watch the beginning. And the beginning starts in, you know, the the host, he's he's adorable and endearing and he has a good monologue. And then they start with the awards. And let me pull it up here. The first, not to bore everyone, but the first winner is this guy. Have you seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? No, but I've, I just heard about it on this other podcast I listened to and I was driving here to our podcast they referenced it and i was like oh i gotta put that on my list so he won his name is ki hui kwan don't pronunciation please come at me he's the little kid from indiana jones (gasps) no and he had this beautiful speech about literally just he hit it big with indiana jones and he had a big gap in his career and now this this movie everything everywhere all at once was a huge hit and he won for best supporting um best performance by an actor in a supporting role and he got he tugged at my heartstrings and i was like oh my god so sweet so i personally did not like every the movie it's not for me it's like if kung fu and marvel had a baby Mm, okay but the actors and the characters they're really good okay so give it a shot see what you think but i was watching it and i was like this is basically the golden globes apology tour for being canceled (laughs) last year like listen to this okay ki hui hui kwan won angela bassett won for black panther which is warranted absolutely warranted she is amazing Best performance by an actor in a supporting role, Tyler James from Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched that, but it looked good. They won a lot last night. Like, 
it was a lot of diversity on the stage. Let's just put it that way. And I was like, this is the Golden Globes, like, apology tour. Until Kevin Costner won, because... Oh, it's Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. But, um, yeah, just... I never thought that I would get sucked into watching the Golden Globes because snooze. And also, like, <laughs> what what do I have to learn from the Hollywood Foreign Press? But I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, okay. Now, here's my thing now, is the big deal is how they're going to approach it next year. Exactly. They can't, it's not performative for one year and you say, okay, I did my thing and then wash my hands of it. No, no, no. This needs to continue now. And, and so let's see that. That's great. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, but who knows? I mean, if they win for the, like, I want to see if they win Oscars now, I will be paying attention. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have our, our other episodes. We'll go over the Oscars or what What else are there? Emmys. Remember, Emmys? you need to watch the Emmys. I do apparently need to watch I mean, the Emmys. <laughs> award shows, though, they can be such a, a boring a boring event and it's just a Hollywood circle jerk. So, yeah. I'll but just... who knew that the Golden Globes would like touch my heart in such a way? I know. Now I got to go watch that. Watch their acceptance speeches. Right. They're really sweet. And yes. oh, my God, the best part. I fucking forgot. <laughs> White Lotus. Okay. Oh, Jennifer Coolidge, I heard, is amazing. I haven't watched it. Hilarious. So season one of White Lotus, I didn't like. Okay. Changed my mind. <laughs> Honestly, everyone. Season two, probably one of the best things I've ever watched. And oh. Jennifer Coolidge won for her role on that. And it's, she's so good. And she's she was amazing. so funny. Um, Her speech was great because she too, like, started out American Pie. Yes. Had a bit of a gap. Mm-hmm. And then Ariana Grande put her in a music video and then boom. That's so crazy. Yeah. She's had like a rebirth of her career. And so a lot of good stories. I think that's what it is. Like it's not the Golden Globes themselves, but like a lot of these characters having a renaissance with their career, they're diverse people, like they are well-deserved. I love it. And you know, it's great. Jennifer Coolidge was in Friends. She (gasps) was. Do you remember? Wait, she was the friend that uh, Phoebe and Monica had to like. Oh cut my out. god! Yes, and she comes back with a horrible British accent. You can reach me on my mobile. I feel like a perfect arse. arse. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh my god! I think I just blacked that out. But yeah, now I remember. Oh, I'm so excited to get to that. Me too. Cool. Well, speaking of getting to things, we're gonna get to our writers and. This episode is Adam Chase and Ira Ungerleider. Ungerleider is back. He's back. And our director is, and this is funny, so it's Peter Bonners, I think is how you pronounce it. (laughs) But I was convinced when I was watching this, I was like, it's James Burroughs. There's a beam. Yes. I saw the James Burroughs beam too. And I was like, oh, well, maybe him and Peter are buddies and it's their beam now. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe he didn't want to move it. (laughs) Maybe it's just a fixture for season one. It, It does leave and come back, so. It does. Um, our original air date for this episode is December 15th, 1994. Perfect. Well, we'll take a quick break here from our Stitch Sisters, and we'll be right back. Handmade goods are becoming more and more rare these days. You can support our newest sponsor, the Stitch Sisters, and keep handmade artisans thriving. The Stitch Sisters crochet handmade goods, anything from beanies and headbands to Christmas ornaments. Check them out at Etsy at The Stitch Sisters Store, or find them on Instagram at Stitch Sisters Store. Okay, let's get into the episode recap. Lots of good stuff to talk about. It's a good one. Yeah, this is our Christmas and New Year's episode, which I do. I just love a holiday episode personally. They tend to be the best ones, I find. Yeah, 
So we open with Rachel asking everyone what their plans are for New Year's, and it invokes a dejected grunt from the group. No one wants to be the first person. It's like, so what are we doing for New Year's? I know. (laughs) They explain to her that New Year's is fucking depressing, especially if you're single. Rachel's like, well, I'll be single too. Paula's in Rome. So, you know, what are we going to do? Then Chandler tells the group that they need to make a New Year's Eve pact of no dates, and they all agree. But spoiler alert. It gets broken. They all end up breaking the pack and invite dates to a party that Monica and Rachel end up hosting, except for Ross. Oh, God. Poor Ross. Although, technically, does he? Technically. He still brings a date. He's got a little furry date. Yep. What are your thoughts on New Year's? Uh, I mean, I think now, honestly, even before we had our daughter, I just, I really wasn't into it. When I... I think about like the new year. I always go off of my birthday because I'm like, okay, this is my next year of life for me. It's technically a half birthday for you. Yeah. It's very close. Mm-hmm. So, cause my birthday's in July. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I had a couple of years in college or post college where it was like, yeah, fine. Let's go out. Let's go clubbing. Woohoo. And that it fizzled. quickly fizzles away and you're like, oh, this sucks. I'm paying excessively for alcohol to get into a bar and it's always the hype and as someone Mm -hmm. that struggles with anxiety just like feeling like you have something to do so that you're not a loser on new year's like why is that such a thing feel like making sure you're not a loser on new year's right can we embrace that right like why do you have to have somebody to kiss it's bullshit also i would like to go to bed at 10 o'clock sweet jesus girl i stayed up until 11 and i was in shock i was like why am i up so late a it's because I was watching Love Island Australia. Ooh, okay, marathon. That that will that will keep you up for a while because it's that good. Yeah, but yeah. Did you do anything fun for New Year's this year? We went to Winter Park. Um, shout out Winter Park, and I love going away. Like when mm. we go into the mountains, that's my favorite because it does relieve the pressure of being in the city and feeling like you have to go do something and prove that you're not a loser. And um. Yeah, there is something special about like escaping to the mountains. And the group that we go with is is my favorite people. Oh, it is a FOMO holiday. It is. I, I hate it. And I'm so on board with changing the, I, I don't know, what what do you call it? Like the reputation of New Year's. The expectation. Yes. I'm yeah. in. And then it's like you have to kiss someone at midnight. Like, what is that? I'll kiss my dog. Yeah. I mean, I do have a husband, but like. You know, if I were single, I think it would just like make you feel shitty. Like Valentine's Day makes people like, oh, you have to be in love. No, you do not. Okay. Although I do think that a Galentine's Day is kind of lame. (gasps) Oh, yeah. It's just like, do we have to? We don't have to do anything for Valentine's (laughs) Day. We we literally love yourself. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our friends here. Ross. We said Ross has a date. So the episode actually opens with Ross and he introduces everybody to his new monkey, Marcel. Was not expecting that. I think as a first time watcher, I I think that you would have been like, whoa, where'd the monkey come from? It's so fucking random. And then he says, you know, he got a monkey because at a certain age, he thinks you're too old to have a roommate as he's talking (laughs) to all of his friends who are roommates. (laughs) That's a good line. It's so, so funny. Yeah. And he delivers it well. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's uh, not all it, trouble in paradise soon soon happens. Ross quickly feels a rift between him and Marcel because he works late. Chandler offers to watch Marcel until Ross gets home from work and that he ends up having a blast with Marcel. 
Uh, Marcel cho- shows Chandler his juggling trick, which makes Ross jealous. And Ross ends up bringing Marcel to New Year's Eve party um, at Monica and Rachel's. But again, Marcel ditches Ross at the party and Ross just mopes alone. This is where Sarah's email does come into play of just like, oh, loser. <laughs> yeah. Little little bit of whiny Ross. We're yeah. seeing that this episode a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> side note here. Ross said that he his friend Bethel rescued him from a lab and Phoebe's <gasps> offended at the name Bethel. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I have to tell you, my grandmother's best friend's oh no. name it, was Bethel. She has now passed away along oh, with my grandmother. Rip. And I love Bethel. I loved Bethel. Bethel was like another like grandma. I, I loved her so much. So when I heard that, I was like, I like the name Bethel, but I don't know anybody else named Bethel. I guess that's kind of true. That is a unique name. <laughs> Again, it's hard to criticize names because someone's name is that somewhere. <laughs> exactly. So, speaking of Phoebe, I love Phoebe's storyline here. Phoebe's got 12 new songs to sing at the coffee shop around a snowman and her mom's suicide. This is when cringe Phoebe kind of comes in for me. Of like, oh. She's not hippy dippy. She's not as woo woo. She gets more cringy in this episode, mm-hmm. which again is evoking an emotion and is probably what they were going for. I mean, I think that's how Phoebe deals with her mom's death like yeah. is through writing these songs and they're very matter of fact songs my mom's eyelashes I know. okay did you see joey's face as she's singing no like they pan through all of the friends faces i think joey's is the funniest like it is just that what the fuck am i listening to <laughs> L- like look it's great Okay, I'm going to watch that next. Re- just rewatch that specific part. Okay. So while Phoebe's in the middle of singing her songs, she stops to yell at some noisy boys who have been talking during her grueling song about her mother's suicide. We then meet sexy scientist David and his friend Max. David is uh, David says that Phoebe is the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. And quickly, they start dating, and then quickly, they fall for each other. That was like one of the cutest little meet-cute exchanges ever. Yeah. I love it. And enter Hank Azaria into the Friends universe. I had no idea when I was first watching this who the hell Frank Azaria was. Hank Azaria? That's his name, right? Yeah, you said Frank. Hank. Yeah. Did I say Frank Azaria? (laughs) You did say Frank Azaria. You were combining Friends and Hank Azaria. That's all. Frank Azaria. Frank Azaria. Oh, man. But I didn't realize how much I would love... Hank Azaria. I think I did say Frank Azaria. God damn. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, there's this cute little back and forth. David is scared. He's intimidated to kiss Phoebe because he's built it up in her his head, right? And so that at this point, he's just got to sweep her off the table and do it. And it's just become this big thing that he's got to get done. And Phoebe's like, relax. Yep. Sweep, sweep me off. Sweep the table. I think you're a sweeping guy. And he finally props her up and gives her a kiss. It's so sweet. That first kiss is quite nerve wracking. I, I get, I get it, David. Yes. Wait, what was your first kiss with Graham? Oh, with Graham? I thought you were going to say ever. And I was like, oh. oh, Jesus, we're digging back. That was not fun either. <laughs> it was arranged in the third grade. Oh my God. Was it like seven minutes in heaven or spin the No, bottle? it was just a note that was like meet me behind the backstop at, during recess. I kid you not. And everybody was watching. Well, of course, that's third grade. Oh, such third grade. With Graham, we've been together for like over 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you remember your first kiss? I think so. I think it was at my birthday. I think it was at my birthday. Okay. We played cat and mouse for a long time. I'm going to have to dig back into the archives for that. What about you and Paul? Uh, it was, okay, so, wow, this is going to make me dated. So Paul and I's first kiss was my first kiss ever. I was a late bloomer and I was very shy. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. I was 17. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, was, I forgot you guys were like, there was time between. Yeah. We dated for like three months and then we broke up for about six months and then got back together. Oh, but he was okay. my very first kiss ever. And we went to go see the movie Juno and I, and it was, it was a very sweet kiss. It was like our second or third date. Yeah. And I remember distinctly being like, oh my gosh, this is happening. This is happening finally. And then I realized, oh, you got to close your eyes when you kiss someone. Oh, stop. <laughs> so no sweeping for me, but um, still really sweet. The the type A like control freak in me is like, no, don't put all this stuff on the floor. Like now you just made a big mess. <laughs> Where's Phoebe's like, now you're just it tidying doesn't, up. It doesn't, it doesn't turn me on. It gives me anxiety of like, well, we just made a huge mess. Now I guess we got to clean this shit up. So you're not a sweeper. No, don't, don't sweep. Like if it's a nice clean table, yeah, you can prop me up. But like, don't make a mess. <laughs> take notes yeah so david finds out that he has an opportunity to go to minsk for a three-year all expenses paid research grant starting january 1st huge deal mm-hmm. he initially says he doesn't want to go because if he goes it means he has to break up with phoebe Ugh. but later on at the new year's eve party phoebe tells david that he has to go to minsk for her his career and she breaks up with him in a roundabout way telling him that He's got to leave before midnight because she doesn't want to start the new year with him if she can't finish it. Yes. Okay. So heartbreaking. That exchange is like so unbelievably sweet because Mm -hmm. she's like, no, you can't like this. You've worked for this. Like this is a huge deal and you just met me. So it's super sweet that she's like thinking of him. But on the rewatch, I don't know if you caught this or not. This was so weird to me. So she kept saying to him like, now, just tell me that you love me and you'll never forget me. She kept yeah. saying, like, she's like, tell me you up. love me. Yeah. And he didn't say it. Okay. I noticed that on this rewatch, too. He tells her that he'll never forget her. Yes. But he never actually says that he loves her. Exactly. And I'm like, Do you think that's intentional? I don't know. I don't think so. You think they just cut it out, maybe? I, I think it was just like an oversight. I don't think yeah. it was like for them to be like, well, he's not telling her he loves her. But mm-hmm. I was like, rewatching that, that seems awkward. She's like basically saying, hey, please tell me that you love him because I love you too, even mm-hmm. though we've been dating for like a week. And he doesn't tell her that. I know they have been dating very quickly, but question here, and we can talk about this later when we get to Phoebe's second major love interest is, mm. is Dave, is David Phoebe's true love? Like they had such a quick bond so quickly. It was a week, so it does feel a little unrealistic, but that what Phoebe does for him and his career and putting him and his career before her needs was heroic. Like not a lot of women will do that. No, no. I, I think that he was definitely a love, a love of hers Mm -hmm. for sure. And I think if we take it it, like as a whole and think about like Phoebe and if David in an alternate universe, like hadn't gone to Minsk, like Mm long time would have been married a hundred percent yeah mm-hmm. have you heard that thing of like you only get three great loves in your life i have but I, is that i think that's actually on friends is it 
<gasps> okay, we're going to pay attention to that Let's as pay we attention. go. But I don't know that... It, I mean, is it like max three loves or you get at least three I loves? I think it's like you only get three. Interesting. Like the universe Like says, you could use one, but three is the max. Three strikes you're out, dude. That seems like... I don't know. It's in one, another one of those like, well, they say... <laughs> wherever the hell they are. Who are they? Some weirdos. Next friend up, Chandler. <laughs> Chandler is the first to break the New Year's Eve pact, even though it's his pact. Ugh. And he asks Janice to be his date to the party. Janice is back. <laughs> I lo- okay, don't get me lo- wrong. Love Janice. Love Janice. I'm irritated so much with Chandler. I'm yeah. Just like, okay, so we go through and we find out that Phoebe wants to bring David. Because that's a true love interest and they've been dating and that's really sweet. But mm-hmm. behind everybody's back, you kind of teed up Janice. What the hell? It is just kind of Chandler though, right? Totally. Like he's 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 like me. Like I don't want to be that insecure loser alone on New Year's Eve. So he breaks the pack, asks Janice, his ex-girlfriend, which like backfires. So Janice, Janice mistakenly thinks that this is his way of asking her to get back together with him. And she's super giddy and excited and clingy during the party. Duh. And Chandler can't take it and then breaks up with her again, again. even though they were never really together. You can tell she knows it's coming when he goes, Hey, Janice. (laughs) She's like, Oh, this guy again. Um, side note, Janice's breakdown is just, she's, she's so good. She is so good. Jan Lerping. That's why they keep bringing Maggie Wheeler back is Mm -hmm. like, she is just so good. And doesn't she say that line? It's like, one of these days, Chandler, you're. It's going to be it with me. It's going to be it with me. Yes. Yeah. And he's probably like, I wasn't getting back together with you to begin with. It's funny because I feel like Chandler and Janice are an example of like the couple that breaks up and gets back together continuously. But usually you see that with a couple that's more established. Yeah. I feel like they were just very casual. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on Janice's side. Oh, that's true. But it is that couple that's just like, why do you guys keep getting back together? Yeah. Like, it makes you want to bang your head. I think it's just Chandler's insecurities. Oh, 100%. And yeah. Oh, Chandler. Yeah. So next, let's get to Joey. Joey, uh... We find out, we think he's talking about a part that he doesn't get at the beginning, but no, it's the part of Santa. Oh, good God. How did he think he was going to get Santa? I don't know. He got it last year. Confusing. But this year he's going to be an elf. He's a hot elf. We'll give it to him. I know. When he walks into the room, Chandler's with his elf costume, shaking his little elf shoes. Chandler's like, too many many jokes. Can't compute. Must mock Joey. (laughs) And then the shoes and he jiggles the shoes. Yeah. So Joey, while he's working as an elf, he meets a hot mom and he asks her to be his date to the New Year's Eve party. But then she ends up bringing her two kids, which is like, what? Awkward. Yeah. Honestly, she doesn't seem like the best mom. She just like forgets about them at the party. Yeah. They just sit there and then Joey's the one putting the blanket on them when they fall asleep. That was so cute. So Joey ends up looking after them while at the party and she hooks up with Max, the other scientist guy. Eh, good for Max. Well, he doesn't get out Honestly, much. he's going to Minsk. So he needs a good little lay before he leaves. <laughs> Go get it, Max. So, Rachel. Oh. Pa- Rachel's got it tough this episode. This is rough. Paolo ends up missing his flight, which, honestly, I would be so mad. I'd be pissed. 
And the way she says it, it's not like he missed it, like he was running late. He like, the way she says it, it's the word that she used. And I, I should have written this down, but it was like that he chose not to get on the flight. It's just like jerk missed his flight. Like it didn't, it wasn't a priority for him. Yeah. Which no, I, you, I should be your priority. If you're catching an earlier flight to come home to me and no, uh-uh, not acceptable. Yeah, so on her way home from the airport, Rachel gets attacked by, her words, a blonde planet with a pocketbook. I'm trying to picture this woman in my mind. Great line. Yeah. Um, there's a okay. wedding, wedding singer. Have you seen it? The wedding singer a long time ago. Okay. I'll show you a picture later, but there's a woman I'm thinking of in my head. I say this with love. Jennifer Coolidge could be this woman. <gasps> oh. That attacks her with a pocketbook because she stole her... Well, because think Cab. about it, Rachel Green is tiny. She's she's a yeah. tiny human, like just short in stature anyway. And Jennifer Coolidge is like what, like she's pretty five eleven. I just think it. I I would love to see Jennifer Coolidge beat up on Jennifer Aniston. That'd be funny. Hell's yes. Okay, so, we're gonna say that this is like alter ego Jennifer. Coolidge. I just yeah, Jennifer Coolidge is in my mind. So Rachel comes back to the apartment. She looks completely disheveled, bruised, like her hair's fucked up. She's got dirt on her jacket, her lip. The lip was like oh. giving me physical like angst, like, like ooh, like it just throbs, you right. know, because it, it's cut and yeah. you know that it's cut. And so all I keep thinking is like, that's an open wound. Like, can we Gross. go wash that out? Yeah. She does come back looking fabulous, though, as oh only Rachel God. could do. Right. That dress. Hot. Mm. Monica, our last friend here, Monica, and I get this. She's got an immediate adverse reaction to Marcel the monkey, which like I would as well. Like he is cute, but also like stay away. Yeah, I feel about pet monkeys as I feel about birds as pets. Like oh, I don't, I don't have any no. interest in touching you or holding no. you. Like you kind of gross me out a little. It bit. feels it, they feel dirty. Like I, I'm just yeah. not a birds person. The flapping mm-hmm. freaks me out, and just. There's some animals that you should just not have as pets. Right. Like, get her a cat or a dog. Yes. You know? Or a hairless cat. No. <laughs> I draw the line. <laughs> no. I swear. I heard they smell, too. Oh, I bet. Because they sweat, don't they? So, for Monica's date, she's asked her ex-boyfriend, Fun Bobby, to come. First, first mention of Fun Bobby. Yes. I love Fun Bobby. Yeah. But he gets there and he is a total letdown. Well, his grandpa just died. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. His grandpa just died in uh, Joey. Whoa. Who, who died? died? Oh, my gosh. Which I think that's cut. Now it's it's a little inappropriate because you never know. Oh, you, yeah, exactly. You never know. At the end, by the time midnight rolls around, all of the friends have who knew found themselves single at the party. Chandler's like dying for somebody to kiss him. And he's finally, he's like, somebody kiss me. Somebody kiss me. And Joey kisses him to shut up. And Ross captures it on can- camera. Love it. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, episode ends with Ross rambling away to Rachel about how much he loves Marcel, but Marcel doesn't love him back. Rachel's not listening and realizes the blonde bitch cracked her tooth. <laughs> Total subtext to... He's really talking to Rachel. He's talking to you, Rachel Green. He's in love with you. He doesn't even know it. No, no. So I, we both have been talking about how we loved Phoebe's storyline in this one. Mm-hmm. And this actually earned uh, Lisa Crujo her first Emmy nom this oh, episode. This episode, which I have now learned, you can get Emmy nominations for a single episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, one of the funny things about this too is we'll learn um, with some outtakes I think it's later on in this season yeah. that Marcel is actually an uh, 
girl. Uh, a girl. And her name is Katie. Um, she's a capuchin monkey. Um, so I thought that that was kind yeah. of kind of funny. And I thought I was watching the HBO special. And actually, I think one of the things that David Schwimmer did not like the most is is the monkey. Did oh. you ever see him talking about that? I remember you... I remember um, him talking about that now that you just said that is yeah. like, because I think that that's why they shouldn't be pets is they're difficult to deal with. I know because the monkey would, you know, they would have to redo a scene because the monkey wasn't positioned just right. He's like picking at his hair. Like you can see it's physically uncomfortable to have a monkey just sprawling around you and like props to David Schwimmer for acting through that. Yeah. For so many episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gross. No. So we've got two main guys, two new, two new guys here. Fun Bobby, who is played by Vincent Vanestra, Ventresca, Ventresca, Ventresca wow, plays Fun Bobby. I know he he hasn't been in too much, but he is known for playing Darian Fox on uh, Sci-Fi's The Invisible Man. Ooh, never seen it. Never seen it. No, but who we want to talk about actually <gasps> is Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. Oh. oh. I went through a Hank Azaria hole on IMDb. You did? Yeah. Oh my gosh, he, I love it. He's been in so much. <laughs> so much. Okay, so remember we were talking about um, Sean, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name now from Twister. I was like, he is like the quintessential like sub Oh yeah, the pizza guy. The pizza guy. Yeah. And so um, Hank Azaria is that but better in my opinion. He's like- It's like times five. Yeah. Hank yeah. Azaria is a- prominent actor yes i mean he's kind of i the things i remember him for are never like the main character stuff but he is way more in the storyline and way better and he's so funny when he shows up on screen you're just like yes yes what what is your favorite like top two hank azaria all right top two so one is more like a little nostalgia for me mm -hmm. godzilla with you think godzilla matthew broderick yes He's a camera guy and he gets this camera shot of like Godzilla coming down and he like steps on him, it looks like, but he like actually lives and is between his toes. Oh. And he's just really funny in that. And I, I really liked his character. He was just like quippy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my gosh, I love this movie. Uh America's Sweethearts with Catherine Zeta Jones, oh, John I love Cusack. That movie. Uh, yes. So and Julia good. Roberts. He plays this guy who's dating Catherine Zeta-Jones and has an accent and a lisp, and it is so funny. Hector. Hector. Are you making fun of my accent? <laughs> he, th that is... I show you my penis. My penis. <laughs> He's so good. He has good chemistry, too, with, like, John Cusack and... Um, and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, like, yes, that's a good one. Who would you, or not who, but what would your top two be? <sighs> okay, so he's been in a lot. Like, I'm just on his idea, I'm debating a scroll. He's been in The Simpsons. He's been in Family Guy. He's been in um, more Simpsons here. And then he's been in Happy Feet 2, The Smurfs, Year One, more Simpsons, Chicago 10. Maybe that's not what I'm thinking about. But, okay. Along came Polly. Oh. Lubin. Are you for scuba? Are you for scuba? Yeah. That, I love Along came Polly. And Graham was actually watching that show while I was working the other day. And it is so funny. It is. Again, pet you shouldn't have. Oh, yes. The, the what, ferret. The ferret. Ugh. Mm, Rodolfo. 
Rodolfo the blind ferret. Thank I you know. Very much. She just smacks him into a trash yeah. can. So um his name is Claude in Along Came Polly. Oh, Jennifer Aniston. Yes. She's in Along Came Polly. Yes. Oh, look at that connection. And Ben Stiller, who was also on Friends. <gasps> yes, he was. Some very funny episodes. I think they're actually pretty soon in like season three. I think so. Um, so he's on Friends as well. He's okay. My other favorite one. Oh, he's on Futurama. My other favorite one is Anastasia. The Disney movie. He's Bartok. He plays Bartok oh the God. Bat. My mind is freaking blown, you guys. Yes. I forgot that. he. Oh, I love that movie. We recently saw Anastasia and they fucking took out Bartok. Like the like they remade did, Anastasia? Like, I think it was like the musical. Oh. And they removed him. He is literally the comedic relief. Like that's the stupidest decision ever. Absolutely. They should be sacked. So those are my two, but it goes back. He was in Pretty Woman, like Family Ties. Like this guy is everywhere. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh my gosh, Hank! Hank is, and he's still making stuff. Like he's he's still making new movies, new shows, all that stuff. Love you, Hank. Yeah. All right. This reference, yes. When we get back into the party, so we're at Rachel and Monica's. It's the party. Max refers to Phoebe as Yoko, which you could probably (laughs) miss if you're not paying attention. It's quick. Yeah. So what is that? He's referring to John Lennon's wife, Yoko Ono, who may be who may be blame blamed for the Beatles breaking up. Yeah. Which is like, come on. Of course, we're going to blame a woman for a break. It's like the same people that blame Carrie Underwood for Tony Romo's poor performance on the field. Oh my God. Or no, um, Jessica Simpson. Sorry, not Carrie Underwood. Same, same. Literally same copy, but (laughs) so like we're going to blame the woman for the man's shortcomings. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. (laughs) I'm on board with that. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, Max lists off all these scientists when he's like, he's going to sit and make out with his girlfriend, but he doesn't want to go and work with Lifson and Yamaguchi and Fink. And so you did a little digging, T, and you found out that these are actually scientists. I was like, these have to be scientists, They right? do. They yeah. do. So I, is it Schneider? Shiner Lifson. Shiner. Shiner Lifson. Good God. Uh, he's an Israeli chemical physicist, and he's best known for his consistent force field method. Don't know what doesn't the hell mean, that is. Doesn't mean anything to me. But Sorry. You go, Shiner. And then Masayoshi Yamaguchi yeah. is a Japanese scientist and researcher in the biomedical fields related to biochemistry, endocrinology, metabolism, nutrition, pharmacology, and toxicology. I kind of get what that is. Um, I kind of think I know what he might be doing. Yeah, like endocrinology is like the study of the skin, and then I feel metabolism, like nutrition, toxicology. Okay, so he he yeah. he wants he's health and wellness is yeah. his thing. He's interesting. Yeah, Peter Fink is a German theoretical physicist, and he participated in Project Seven Hundred Six, which was Pakistan's clandestine nuclear research project. These guys sound like some big brains. They do, and apparently they were all going to Minsk. They're all going to Minsk. So random. <laughs> Well, or, let's let's go into our Joey sandwich rating. Yes. How many meatball subs? I gave this four. Me too. I didn't have bendy rules. This is a solid four for me. Mm-hmm. It's a good episode. I just, yeah, you can't go wrong with this episode. It's a solid episode. The Phoebe David line really does pull at your heartstrings. Like, it's, it's a good episode. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. this one. All right. Well, 
We will be right back. And when we get back, we're going to go into the bloopers. Wow, there's one right there. There Bloopers and blunders. All right. And we are back to bloopers and blunders and our moo points. Yes. So some storylines that didn't quite make sense. We kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, T, before we started recording. And I was just like so confused. Mm -hmm. Max says that Minsk is in Russia. Which made sense to me. But honestly, I'm the worst at geography. I keep thinking that New York is where Maine is. (laughs) I'm not joking. My husband would make fun of me. And say, because I'm going to get to it before he does and and call it out now. I had to take geography my senior year of college. Not my fault. One. Two. I had to get one more credit. And it it was actually a really, really hard class. (laughs) Geography is hard. It was like understanding the topography of the Russian Empire. It's like, I don't care what mountains look like. No, don't care. But speaking of Russia, Phoebe replies saying, I know where Minsk is, even though she doesn't. Um, Both are wrong. So Mm -hmm. Minsk is actually in Belarus, having officially become the capital of the Republic of Belarus in 91. However, it was previously Belarusian SSR, which was part of the USSR, which is Mm -hmm. Soviet Russia. Mm -hmm. So it's not completely wrong that it was Russia, but it's not exactly Russia. It's kind of just like, let's just face it, they're all just the land of assholes out there. <laughs> I mean, have you heard about the Belarus, like, prime minister guy? He's like a fucking dictator. He's an, he's a dick. I I mean, he's best friends with Putin, so whatever. The dick of dictators? Yeah. The dick of dictators. I like it. Um, but yeah, three years before this episode takes place is when yeah. they, like, the USSR was disbanded and Belarus, like, became its own republic and yada yada. So they're, he's half wrong in this one. <laughs> You can't fault them that much, but you would have thought that they would have at least looked at a map. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it just Maybe the maps better. were being drawn in between. <laughs> maps are being hand drawn. Yeah. Um, so when Janice is taking pictures with Chandler, you can actually see that the back closet door is open, which we later find out it's like never open. Yes. There's actually another part of the episode where the closet door is open. You can actually see a light on. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of funky and so yeah that that one's kind of funny so pay attention to that back closet door. Yes, pay attention to the back closet. <laughs> yes. We have one hard blooper mm-hmm. and it is our big scene at the end where Chandler's kind of throwing a fit like somebody kiss me somebody kiss me and then Joey's like fine and he kisses him and what uh Matt LeBlanc and Matthew Perry do is they turn it into like Oh, that was great. So they turn it into their own joke and it becomes a blooper. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I mm-hmm. want to go back and watch. It's a good one. And they're just like, oh, that was awesome. Then they hug. And so it's it's definitely like kind of a play on like a homophobic joke again. But, you know, they they do that a lot in their bloopers, the two of them. I love their bloopers. They're so funny. They are. They keep the, it them, going. The two of them together. Yeah. I like when they keep it going and they're like, let's just ride this out for a few, few bits. Just to get a laugh. Yeah. So that's our only hard blooper on this one, though. Um, and I'm excited actually to go into Tiana's favorite section, fashion watch. Okay. So 
we've got some good stuff here, but it really is, we both agree, the episode of ugly sweaters. Good God. The, and not like <laughs> multiple, not like ugly sweaters are today where it's like, okay, this is like kitschy and funny and we're being yeah. ironic like or vintage. No, no, no. This is just ugly. Yeah. So you've got Ross, Joey and Chandler all in the opening at Central Park with just heinous sweaters on. Ugh. I don't know. Um, next, we've got another apron watch. Rachel, the way that she styled her cute little red apron with that red top and her shoulders are exposed. Like, nobody looks that good working at a coffee shop. No, absolutely not. Love the off the shoulder. It is so cute on her. Mm -hmm. So cute. The red and white checkered apron with, oh my God. It's very Christmassy. It is very Christmassy. Yes. Speaking of red, Monica's red dress at the beginning, like I had quite the adverse reaction to, like it looks like an Amish countryside frock. When I saw you had written that, I just laughed so hard because you are so right. Like, what is that? I don't understand. It is so tight fitting and it, it, it looks, I don't know. She, you could literally put her hair up in a bun and it does look like she belongs in the Amish countryside. It is yeah. weird. It doesn't fit. Like I would never imagine somebody in New York City ever wearing that. Mm-mm. Even in the 90s. Just the Amish. Just the Amish. Well, I don't know. Are they Amish in New York? I'm sure that there are Amish that go to New York. I feel like I'm being offensive to Amish people. Might be. Whatever. So next up, they're decorating the tree in Monica and Rachel's house or apartment. Ross has got this funky white green striped shirt with like some interesting red decals i don't know i was going between i love this i hate this it hey, could i could leave it you could leave it I, I think you could style it really cute with like tying it at the waist and having a cute bralette underneath like Wait, on ross it doesn't make ross? sense oh I'm, so, I'm thinking about me wearing it i do love men's <laughs> clothes like sometimes women's clothes, the cut doesn't match like any like sports wear. Like mm. I want, let's say we go to a Bronco game. I'm getting a man's shirt because the women's stuff, the cut is so lame. Like, oh yeah, it's just not cool. Yeah. No, I, it's funny now that you say, okay, I could style this with a bralette. Like I could see you wearing that. Right. Like some high-waisted jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not for Ross though. No, nah, nah, it doesn't matter. No. Um, I'm going to skip this next one. Joey's elf outfit. It's just (laughs) great. Oh, the shoes. These little jingle jingle shoes. I love that. And then Monica's, we, Monica redeems herself. The stylist for Monica redeems herself. That silver New Year's Eve dress is beautiful. Gorgeous on her. It fits her so perfect. Mm -hmm. The, it's just like satin is so hard. And Courtney Cox is just like, yeah, I'm going to rock it. Yes. She, and she does like that is just, oh, beautiful that even that neckline on her actually Mm -hmm. I really like um you know not everybody can kind of pull off that neckline but I think because of her shoulders and they're very um it's gonna say bony and that's not very much a compliment uh they're they're very delicate shoulders yeah and so it looks really good she looks good Mm -hmm. last one Rachel's hair I would say we're at 90% of the Rachel. I agree. There's like, like still too a, long. A little bit of length. Yeah. If you just take a little length off, then we're there. It's like an inch and a half or two inches at the bottom. Then we're totally there. Do you think they just every day they I come think, in there like. Because you can tell it's like there's, I think they must be cutting it like just to get it just right. Yeah. But it's, it's working. So funny. Yes. And it does. And it sets off a phenomenon. Yeah. Okay, so this episode we both agree is a four. We both love Phoebe and David's storyline. We've got some 
bad fashion, some really interesting characters here. Who gets your mug? Who is your best friend? I think we already said it. Phoebe. Yeah. She she makes the ultimate sacrifice of her heart for the person that she loves, even though it's early days. It's so sweet. And she's thinking of him over herself. And yeah. So I think you might be shocked, but Phoebe is my best friend. (gasps) No. Oh, my God. I was like, I can't believe I'm going to do this. But to your point, like she makes such a mature, healthy decision. Like she's not like, oh, maybe we could do long distance. And anytime someone's like, we're going to do long distance and it's more than like four hours, like, Psh, please, who are you kidding? <laughs> and it's, it's so mature. It's so smart. And it's just, it's so selfless mm-hmm. and people have a really hard time doing that. Right. And I, I just, you can tell the pain that it brings her. And I think she's so noble. Like I yes. do, I do love her yes. in this episode. Noble, noble Phoebe. Yes. Um, who's who's sucking the wind? Oh, taking your wind. God, it was so easy this episode. Chandler, really? Yeah. And Chandler's usually high up on my list because I love his comedy, but I kind of well, for one, the whole Janice thing. <laughs> like, yeah, ugh, like you went behind everybody's back, and then you bring Janice, and then Janice bails. Mm-hmm. And the way he asks this woman, like, "Do you want to kiss me at midnight?" He just kind of seems sleazy. He's desperate. He's so desperate. I'm just like, ugh, I'm turned off. I have the ick on you right now. I'm but not. that's the New Year's Eve pressure. I'm telling you, it's bullshit. Like, the FOMO. I'm done. I'm done with the New Year's Eve expectation crap. Like, yep, I support that fully. Yeah, my my frenemy is Ross. Um, really just proving Sarah's point at the email, but, um, no, I do love Ross, but again, this, why are you getting a monkey in the city? <laughs> the it largest just, question it is It just that. seems so stupid. And then he's whiny. He can't even make friends with the monkey. And it's like, instead of trying to tell Rachel how he feels, he gets a monkey. Yeah. He, it's instead of drinking himself away, he gets a monkey. Like. I mean, I guess that's a healthier choice. I mean, maybe, depending on how many feces the monkey throws at you. That's the thing, too. Like, thinking about Rodolfo and Along Came Polly and ferrets and monkeys can't be that clean. No, absolutely not. I mean, they that was one of the jokes was he can come in here, but if he pees on the table, he's out, right? It doesn't yeah, Monica yeah say that? and he, like, flung poo. Like, he flung... Yeah. It's just, it seems really, it's a really interesting choice writing wise too. Of like, let's give Ross a monkey. Yeah. I think they wanted a splash. A monkey was probably available. And he's cute. I guess she, she, Katie. Yep. There you go. Had to have a woman come in to do a man's job. Just saying. <laughs> you want something done? Ask a woman. <laughs> okay. Well, that was the one with the monkey. Love Good it. episode. Love it. Who knows if I'll ever give Phoebe my mug again, but I, she was fantastic this episode. She is my best friend. Well, and good, she will this will stick with me for a while. The good thing is is that this is now recorded forever. So I oh, can God. remind you and say, Hey, remember when you gave Phoebe your mug? I know. I'm like, oh damn it. This doesn't do good for my argument that she's like my lowest power ranking. Which by the at the end of the season we should power rank the friends. Power ranking. It sounds like power lifting. Like power I'm, ranking. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like It's sports, you know. Sports stuff, right? 
Yeah. Okay. I like it. Sport, sports tings. Yay, sports. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. We've been getting a few reviews on Apple, and it's really fun to see what you guys think. Yes. Um, make sure to follow along on Instagram at The Pivot Pod. We're posting all of our updates there, links to new episodes. And then you can email us. Again, we love getting your emails. Don't take my wind at gmail.com. Question, comments, concerns, whatever the hell you want to send. But thanks, you guys. Bye. Bye.